How's it going, folks? How's it going? I'm Brother Matthew, and this is Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And here we are again, picking up where we left off in our walkthrough of the Gospel of Mark. So please grab your Bibles, notepads, and pens, and turn with me to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. Going to pick up where we left off at verse 27. Now, this is quite apropos uh, picking up right here at this verse because uh, I have bad news and I have some good news. So we'll start with the good news and uh, taking a look at this passage we're going to be looking at what the Lord says about uh, about salvation itself. We're going to kind of go over this again because uh, this is very important for what I have to share with you folks. Um, something extremely surprising, shocking, but yet at the same time, kind of not surprising by seeing the way things are going in the world, how it's going in the circle of Christendom, uh, just the corruption and everything that's going on. It's just insane. Um, <clears throat> so we take a look at this passage here in Mark chapter 10, Jesus looking upon them says with men, it's impossible but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Now, what is Jesus talking about? This is why it's so important to pair Scripture with Scripture, rightly dividing the word of truth. Line upon line of Scripture, precept, of pre precept on precept of Scripture. We take a look at the word of God, what the Bible says, the, the, the Holy Bible, the Holy Writ, God's word. What does the word of God say? Not, not people's opinions, pla uh, places, things, commentaries, catechisms, councils, creeds, whatever else. It doesn't matter. All of that, all of that in the world of religion, all of the stuff, all the books, all the uh, commentaries, all the stuff out there is utterly, absolutely irrelevant to the nth degree. Only what the Word of God, plain and simple, between the pages of Genesis and Revelation, book, chapter, verse, that's the only thing that's necessary. Everything else is irrelevant. We, we then learn how to properly read the Bible. We then properly learn how to study the Bible. We then properly learn how to apply Scripture is scripture, comparing this passage with this passage, this context with this context, and learning how, how to study doctrine, theology, the fundamentals of the faith by using the Bible alone, the Word of God alone. So many people out there throw around sola scriptura, sola fide, all, all of those things, you know, the Word of God alone, by faith alone, sola gracia, by grace alone. If they throw these terms around, they say they, they, they live by these, they apply these, they believe in these, but their personal practice kind of contradicts them. You take a look at, uh, at what they are preaching and teaching and, and what they're holding to, what they're practicing, and it's the complete opposite. They say sola scriptura, but, they, but all of their doctrine and theology is determined by the councils, creeds, commentaries, and catechisms. Denominational distinctives. 
I just came across an interesting video on Pastor John Piper. Many of you have probably heard of him with Desiring God Ministries. Uh, uh, Pastor John Piper. Well, he's a heretic. Uh, it, uh, a video just came out that shows using Piper's own teaching, own words, his own voice, flat out saying, faith alone doesn't save. It's the fight of faith that earns your salvation. If you don't fight lusts, you're not going to heaven. If you don't fight temptation, you're not going to heaven. That that that, that uh, your salvation is hinged upon your maintaining holy works. He flat out says this. That faith alone doesn't save. There's another one. Another one bites the dust. But, uh, okay, he says that. He's a big name. He has a big ministry. Massive uh, influence. Massive influence. Huge following. He's got fancy, fancy degrees and master's degrees and doctorates and everything else going on out his ears. Tons of experience, tons of, uh, of influence, tons of, uh, of learning and all this stuff. Okay, but let me just ask you a question, folks. Can, can, a, can an unlearned farm boy who knows nothing, uh, a, little, a little unlearned, you know, country girl who picks up a Bible, who picks up a Bible, opens it up, just reads the Bible, and reads Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, Titus 3, 5, and what Scripture says about salvation is, is by grace through faith alone. It teaches that it's not of yourselves, it's not of works, not of righteous works, not by works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. That we're saved by believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's what the Bible says. Can can these unlearned children stand up with a Bible and be more accurate in the scriptures than these high learned, highfalutin doctor masters of the uh, theology and all this stuff? Uh, would they be more accurate? Is it possible that an unlearned child with a Bible could be more biblically accurate than these than these individuals? You ask the question uh, there, Bobo, uh, why doesn't the Holy Spirit convict him? That's a very good question. Because, well, technically, technically, now I'm not God. I can't see the hearts of men and hearts of women. All I can do is judge righteously by the word of God. Now, how do you do that? It's judging by scripture what scripture says. Now, is it possible that John Piper could be saved, got deceived later on, and is now preaching something that is unbiblical? Is it, can a Christian fall into deception? Yes. Can a Christian make errors and mistakes? Yes. Can a Christian be deceived for a while and fall, fall into uh, biblical contradiction? Yeah, it can happen for a while, but here's the thing. This is where we got to be very careful with individuals like this. Now, he may sound Christian. He may be preaching Bible, but 
the gospel of salvation that he is now preaching well not just now but he's been preaching it for a while is a works-based system of salvation john piper preaches sanctification to earn justification he puts sanctification before justification that you have to earn it you have to maintain it you have to keep it now what kind of gospel is that that's a false gospel that's a false gospel that's a works-based system of salvation which is a false gospel and there is no salvation in that kind of message none there's no salvation he's preaching a false gospel technically he's a false prophet preaching a false gospel telling people that they have to strive to maintain to keep and earn their salvation he flat out says it i shared the video in the in the in our christian coffee time youtube channel community posts i shared it and i also saved that video in the playlist what they actually believe you can go and listen to it if you need help finding it message me i'll share it with you and you can see his own words his own voice his own teaching he flat out says this it's not taken out of context it, it, the context is he flat out says it if you don't fight temptation lust and sin if you don't maintain a fight you won't go to heaven he flat out says that that is heresy that's a false gospel because look at what jesus says here in mark chapter 10 what what what's the context here how hard it is for them that trust in riches to enter to the kingdom of god the trust in riches the riches of what well, well we see earthly riches material riches pretty easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of god but we also see the context here with men it's impossible but with god all things are possible with men it's impossible of what or even the riches of our own righteous works because as titus 3 5 says it's not by works of righteousness which we have done john piper should read that verse again it's not by works of righteousness which we have done but by his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration renewing of the holy ghost not ourselves for by grace the unmerited favor of god john piper should study the meaning of grace according to the bible for by grace are you saved through faith and faith is believing trust but john piper has literally changed faith to equal obedience faith equals obedience according to john piper but the bible teaches faith is believing trust faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen not only is john piper a raging hyper calvinist but he's also a works-based lordship salvationist lordship salvation is a false teaching that teaches that you have to maintain sanctification to earn justification that literally is what lordship salvation boils down to when you actually study what it actually teaches that's what it's teaching sanctification to earn justification But with men, it's impossible because there's no goodness in us. 
all have sinned, all are fallen away, all are become corrupt. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. All of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. All of our righteousnesses, all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. That means anything you could possibly ever do could never please God. There's no goodness in us. That's why the righteousness and goodness of Jesus Christ is imputed upon us because we have none. This is why he had to impute it upon us because we have none. Because he holds us because we can't hold ourselves. We cannot be good enough. You cannot be good enough. You cannot earn the favor of God. If you had a billion trillion years, you couldn't earn one micron of favor from God. One iota of goodness that we could possibly do could never even come close to the goodness of Jesus Christ. This is why he did all the atonement. He did all the work. He shed his blood. He, su he suffered and died for us. He was buried and rose again. He did all. He said it is finished because all that is needed for our salvation is upon him and none of us. All that's left for us to do, believe that's what scripture says. John Piper says, no, 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 no. You believe in Jesus to come into relationship with God. And then by your fight of faith, you earn your final salvation. He flat out says that. You earn your final salvation. That is heresy. Heresy. John Piper is a heretic. He's a heretic preaching. You have to earn your salvation by maintaining your fight of faith. You earn your final, you gain, you attain, you, you achieve your final salvation. That's what he actually says. I heard his own words of him flat out saying that you can go listen to it yourself. But what does the Bible say? Jesus said, believe and you're saved. Jesus says, see, John Piper says, but what does Jesus say? Jesus kind of supersedes Piper and all those others in doctrine and whatnot. But let's see what Jesus says. What did Jesus say to Nicodemus? Jesus, who is God, who cannot lie, says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Well, how can I be born again? What must I do to be born again? Nicodemus says. What did Jesus say? Verse 12, John 3, verse 12. If I have told you earthly things and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Um, What, what does it mean to believe? Is belief works? No. No. Belief is not works. Belief is believing. That is see, seeing, hearing, understanding a truth and accepting that truth as absolute truth and as you, your, your now personal truth. You see that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life and you accept that as absolutely true and you make it personal 
Romans 10, 9 to 10, you confess the, uh, with your mouth the belief of your heart upon him and you are saved. That's what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why? Because we can't atone uh, or attain or work for our own salvation. There needs to be a substitute. There's the substitutionary sacrifice of the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God, which will take away the sin of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God purchased the church with his own blood. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life it doesn't say whosoever believes and maintains works it doesn't say whosoever believes and fights the fight it doesn't say whosoever believes and does and keeps and maintains and self-atones and, and and achieves and works in charities it does this does that abstains from this abstains from that it doesn't say that it doesn't say whosoever believes and does a physical work or 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 maintains something is saved it says whosoever who whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life for god sent out his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved he that believeth 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 on him is not condemned it doesn't say whosoever believes and maintains something will not be condemned it says whosoever believes alone belief alone Belief alone in the Lord Jesus Christ is what saves. It's what it says. Because what does it also say in Ephesians? It's not of yourselves. It's not of yourselves. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not a reward. The gift of God. It's the free grace gift of God. Because it's not of works. It's not of righteous works. It's not by works of the law. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned. It's not failing to fight the fight and maintain. No, it's just unbelief. Rejection of the word of God. Rejection of Jesus Christ. You, that you refuse to believe. That's what condemns you. You're, you're damned in your sins and there is no salvation from your sins if you're rejecting Jesus Christ. Because only Jesus Christ can save you from the condemnation of your sin. That's what it says. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Period. It doesn't say because they, they have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God and failed to maintain righteous works. It doesn't say that. Let's look at Romans. Romans chapter 10, starting at verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. says nothing about maintaining works and righteous works and law keeping and anything else that you could possibly do it doesn't say and and maintain your fight until the end till you can achieve your final salvation doesn't say that doesn't say that now what is faith according to the word of god well in hebrews it says faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen not seen not seen 
That means it's not it's not of outward, it's not of maintaining and keeping and achieving and atoning and doing and not doing. It, it faith is believing trust. Faith is believing trust. Faith is not works. Faith is not obedience. Faith is not doing. Faith is believing. Faith is believing. Faith is believing. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. With the heart men believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Salvation is imminent. Salvation is not earned. Salvation is imminent. Salvation is not earned. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be, shall be, shall be saved. That, that's a present tense affirmative. The moment, the moment, that you call upon the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord God and Savior for salvation from your sin. You see your sin, you see the cross, you see your damnation, you see the salvation, and you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation from your sins. You, you confess with your mouth the belief of your heart, saved. Saved. Immediately. That's what it says. That's what it says. I've been saying it, I've been saying it, I've been saying it, I've been saying it for so long. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter how many degrees they have. It doesn't matter how high uh, how high of a grand Pumbaa they are, how many people follow them, how big name they are, a big organization ministry. It doesn't matter what catechism, creed, commentary, whatever they call themselves. It doesn't matter who they are. If they contradict the word of God even remotely, if they add anything additional to, to the work of salvation, they're wrong. The Bible's true. And John Piper has just revealed himself as false, as wrong, as a false teacher, because he teaches a works-based system of salvation. He contradicts the word of God. He changes grace into a reward. He changes faith into works obedience. He changes belief into, into a secondary aspect, because you now have to help Jesus save you. That's what he teaches. He's no better than a Catholic. He's no better than the Catholic Church because he literally teaches the same thing. That you believe in Jesus to come into a relationship and now you got to work at and achieve your final salvation when you die. That's literally what he says and that's literally what the Catholic Church says. Jesus says, with men it's impossible. With men, it's impossible. You can't buy your salvation by riches. You can't achieve it through your own personal wisdom. You can't gain it through your own personal ability. You can't atone for your own sins before God. You can't appease God yourself. You can't earn God's favor. You have no goodness. You have no righteousness. You have no ability because you're already damned in your sins. You can't possibly do anything because you you have still have the, the fight of the flesh. And even the Apostle Paul says that it, the struggle of sin with the flesh is constant until you die that that you cannot be good enough you cannot be sinless you can't earn your own salvation you can't help god save you with men it's impossible it's impossible that's what god says
That's what God says. And it's absolutely just heart-wrenching. I I just... I watched the, the video. I, I heard John Piper say it. I, I swear to you, my mouth was agape. And I was just staring at the screen. I couldn't believe that what I was hearing. Another individual, a high-named so-called preacher, Pastor John Piper of desiring God ministries on record of saying faith alone does not save you have to achieve your final salvation by maintaining your fight of good works I couldn't believe it he rejects salvation according to scripture he says he says that salvation by grace through faith alone is wrong is not true he says it's not true he says faith alone does not save i heard that i just that i just said to the lord why why what's going on that's what i said to god i'm like what's going on what what is going on what is happening why are so many preachers and teachers and evangelists and professed christians falling into works-based orthodoxy what is this stole my own words there scarlet stole my own words We're seeing it. It's right in front of our eyes, folks. It's right in front of our face. It's right in front of our eyes. It's happening. And it's so prevalent. This works-based orthodoxy. Damned of God orthodoxy. Uh, that you must achieve and gain and attain and strive in some form of self-holiness to, to earn favor with God and achieve your own salvation. That somehow belief alone is not enough. You have to do something in addition to believing. This is damned of God. It's an accursed false gospel. It's doctrines of devils. It's anathema maranatha. Though we or an angel from heaven should preach any other any other thing, it's a curse of God. Do people not study their Bibles? No, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. You cannot, you cannot convince me that these people, like Piper, these people who are falling into this orthodoxy, like Doreen Virtue, John Piper, John MacArthur, all these others, and these lordship salvationists, these these orthodoxy types, these, these workspace salvations, you cannot, you cannot convince me they're properly studying their Bibles. Because they're adding to the word of God, the words and doctrines and traditions of men, and they're interpreting the Bible through the lens of catechism through the lens of councils, through the lens of other things. And they're not just reading and studying and believing the word of God alone. They're not. Jesus says, with men, it's impossible. God alone is the one who enlightens the heart and the mind. God alone is the one who's, who, who convicts of sin. God alone is the one who saves the soul. God alone is the one who holds the soul in his hand. God alone 
is the one who writes your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. God alone is the one that, that perseveres in, in, in keeping our salvation. God alone has the authority of salvation. We don't. We do not affect our salvation in any way, shape, or form. It cannot be lost, taken away, or recanted. It cannot be earned, gained, or maintained. It cannot be atoned. You cannot affect your own salvation. All you do, all I do, all we do is believe, saved, or refuse to believe, and we stay in unsalvation. We stay stay in our in in the state of sin and condemnation, and we're not saved. But all that's upon us is to believe. That's what the Word of God says. That's what the Word of God says. Lordship salvation is a is a gospel of hell. Lordship salvation is doctrines of devils. Lordship salvation teaches you you must maintain you must strive to gain you have the have the power in your hands that if you don't do keep maintain achieve atone then you're not saved if you're not maintaining fruits not you're not saved salvation is in your hands they put sanctification before justification what must i do to be saved what did Paul tell the jailer? Did Paul lie? Did Paul forget something? Did Paul forget something? Because the jailer said, what must I do to be saved? You would think of all people that the, the great mighty church founding apostle Paul, the worker of miracles and signs and wonders by the very hand of God, apostle Paul, the very servant of Jesus Christ, taught by Jesus Christ face to face for years in the deserts of Arabia, right after he got saved, apostle Paul, the one who's accepted into the apostleship, apostle Paul, the writer of scriptures, apostle Paul, the one who wrote the most books of the New Testament, Apostle Paul, the great evangelist, would know what he's talking about. Did he forget something when he was talking to the jailer? Because all he said is, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Did Paul forget something? Is Paul wrong? Because he didn't say anything about works. He didn't say anything about, about maintaining and striving a fight to, to achieve your final salvation. He didn't say, he says, you will be saved. You are saved. That you, you, you will be born again, saved of God, washed clean by the Spirit of God, indwelt by the Spirit of the living God. You'll be held in the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ, our holy Lord God, the hand of the Father, the hand of the Son, sealed by the Spirit, name written down in glory, born again, saved, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all Paul said. So what is this? And you also got to do something. You also got to help Jesus keep you. You have to earn it because you'll be investigated at the end of your life. And God will, will, will see if you're worthy enough to enter heaven by your maintaining of holiness. What is that? That's called heresy. That's called doctrines of devils. Devils they're trying to pretend to be servants of righteousness. Ministers of righteousness. They spew this, this 
filth into the minds of people and tell them and convince them and 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 cause them to betray the very salvation of our lord jesus christ it's treason of the most high god it's treason of heaven to add something to the work of jesus christ saying that the very work of jesus christ is insufficient that you have to do something in addition to believing is treason treason with men it's impossible god is the one that saves god is the one that holds god is the one that 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 works it out he did work it out on the cross in the grave and on resurrection morning he did all the work to say that I have to do something in addition is saying that Jesus was insufficient. His salvation, his work is incompetent. He missed something and I have to put myself on the cross. Meaning that I have a form of righteousness in myself that is equal to the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Do you understand what that's saying? I'm a God. If my righteousness is required if my works are a requirement that is literally equating my abilities to the abilities of jesus christ and saying i'm a god because i'm just as good as jesus my goodness is just as good as the goodness of jesus my righteousness is just as good as the righteousness of jesus and i'm a god blasphemy heresy anathema maranatha accursed of god false gospel doctrines of devils that's what that is that's what that is people don't understand what they're saying they don't understand what's coming out of their mouth when they say Faith alone is not enough to save. When they say grace alone is not enough to save. When they say, say no, 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 no. Faith plus works. Faith plus works. They don't know what they're saying. The ignorance. The ignorance is pouring out of their mouths. And they say, well, I've been, I've been a Christian longer than you have. I've been reading the Bible for X amount of years. I, that I went to schools. I got diplomas. I got masters. I got degrees. That I studied the Bible. You may read it. You may study. You may have all that stuff. But your degrees came from a bubblegum machine. You may have read the Bible, but you don't understand it. Because you're literally changing and twisting and modifying the scriptures. You're redefining the very meanings of the words. And you're adding your works to, to the works of Christ to save you all because someone calls himself a Christian say they love God say they love Jesus say they read the Bible say they go to church doesn't mean they know what they're talking about all because they've gone to Bible school got the diplomas and the degrees and their big name famous and everything else doesn't mean they know what they're talking about all because they use uh, the religious language orthodox language and they may quote Bible verses and call themselves a preacher or a pastor doesn't mean they know what they're talking about Folks, this is so, so important. This is so, so serious. This is as serious as hell. Because people are going there believing works-based gospels. This is so. This is as real as the doctrine of hell itself. Because that's where those works-based gospels will take you. It's Christ alone. It's faith alone. It's grace alone. That's it. 
It's about sin that was atoned for at the cross. I don't atone for my own sin. It's about the righteousness of Jesus Christ that was imputed upon us because I have none. It's about the goodness of Jesus Christ because I have none. It's about the ability of Jesus Christ to hold me because I can't hold myself. You're held in the hand of God. And no man can pluck you out. That means you cannot open the fist of God no matter how hard you try. There is no sin greater than the blood of Jesus Christ. When did the prodigal son cease to be a son of his father? Because he stopped fighting the good fight. Right? Right? The prodigal son walked away from his father. He stopped maintaining fruit. He wandered off into the world and squandered his living and riotous living with prostitutes and drunkenness and, and, and sin and, and the pen with the pigs covered in the mud and the manure of the pigs. Eating the slop of pigs. And he says, what I'm doing is wrong. I need to return to my father. And he got up and returned. And before, before he even repented, the father ran and embraced him. In his mud and manure. Embraced him in his mud and manure. Embraced him before changing his robes. Embraced him as his son. When did the prodigal son cease to be a son of his father? These works-based salvationists would say that the son ceased to be a son. When do your children, when do your children cease to be your children? Cease to be blood relative, blood-related kin, the blood family. When do they cease to be? They don't. Even if they do bad things and they become disobedient, refuse to do as they're told, and they get mad at you or whatever else, and they wander away, they say they run away, they go off into the world, and they don't want anything to do with you anymore, do they cease to be your actual kids? No. No matter what they do. Works-based salvationists, lordship salvationists would say you cease to be. Because you don't maintain obedience. Because you didn't continue to clean up your room and make your bed. You cease to be your, your parents' kid. Same logic. What does God say? It's by grace. God's grace. Not your grace. Not my grace. God's grace. By God's grace, by believing faith, you're saved. Not of yourselves. Gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. But these lordship salvationists, works-based salvationists, are all about the pride. They're all about the boasting. Look how good I am. Look what I did to get here. Look how holy I maintained. Look what I achieved. Diminishing the work of Christ and elevating themselves. Just like a Pharisee. But with God, all things are possible. Because why? With men, it's impossible. With men, it's impossible. Jesus says, Jesus says, What wilt thou that I should do? You come to Calvary's hill. 
you, you come to Calvary's Hill and you see this man on the cross. At first, all you see is a man. You don't truly understand. But then because you're interested, because something has perked your interest, you see this hill and there's a cross on it with someone nailed to it and you, you, you can't, you can't stop looking. There's something about this that's drawing you. So you walk towards the hill. You start walking up. And the closer you get, the closer you get, you see this man on the cross is looking directly at you. He's locked eyes on you. You start to feel a grief. A heaviness. You see the torture that he went through, the beating and the torture, the pain and the agony. You see him gasping for breath and writhing on the cross. You see the blood flowing from his wounds. You see the nails in his hands and his feet, a crown of thorns on his head, his face beaten to a bloody pulp. And through, through the ragged gas, he says, I did this for you because I so loved you. You get closer. You hear it more clearly, you hear it more clearly, and you start to realize you had a hand in putting him there. Your sins. You see how horrible the person, because this is true love on the cross, and you start to wonder, what is love? What is goodness? Who is this one? And you start to hear the stories. People stand, other people stand around and start telling stories of who this man is. You hear his name is Jesus. You hear that he's the Christ and people start explaining to you what that means. Start helping you to understand the person of Jesus Christ. You hear how, how it was prophesied that this one would come. And, and, and several hundred years ago, holy men spoke of this exact moment and it's all fallen into place. The works, the righteous works. You see, this man says, I was blind. I was a leper. I was lame. I was dead. This Look what this man does. And they start telling what this man preaches and teaches. You're standing there, you're hearing it and it's convicting. And you start to realize your own self, who you really are. You're a sinner. You're lost. There is a God. And the conviction starts to weigh heavy. It's heavier and heavier and heavier. So heavy, your knees start shaking. You get closer and closer to the cross. And now you're standing at the very feet of this one. And you can't stand any longer. The weight of it all just causes you to fall on your knees. Right in a pool of blood. Christ's blood. You're kneeling in the blood. And it clicks. The blood of Jesus Christ washes away all sin. That without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And you see this one as the sacrificial lamb for you just like it was prophesied just like he said just like it was foretold and just like it happened it is he is you hear you hear it ringing from pontius pilate behind you this one said that, that for this purpose am i come i said i could free him but he says no you can't because this is why i came 
I came to do this. You hear the apostles behind saying, he told us that this is why he came. This is going to happen. You hear the Roman centurion say, say, truly, this was the son of God. The man on the cross dies. Jesus dies. And you watch them come take him down, take him to the grave and bury him. And you're wondering about this. You're wondering, it hey, could this all be true? And you hear the, the people saying, Jesus said that no man takes my life from me. I have power to lay down my own life and take it up again. On the, on the third day, I will rise again. So you say, you know what? He said that. Let's see. And a true interest and curiosity. You hear it all. And it all weighing. It's all weighing. There's such an enlightenment and a conviction. A taste of. A light of. A glimpse of all of this. And you're starting to see and get it. It's making sense. It's clicking into place. Day one. Day two. And on day three, the stone rolls. The Romans run. The, the disciples praise and rejoice. And there he is standing again. And he stands before you holding out the hands. And he says, be not faith, uh, faithless but believing. I have risen again. I have done it all. It's not in your hands. All you must do is believe. And you say, yes, Lord, I believe. That's all it is. Jesus says, believe. Jesus says, you have no goodness in you. I am your goodness. I am your sanctification. I am your wisdom. I am your righteousness. I am your knowledge. I am everything. I am the spirit that seals you. I am the God that holds you. I am your salvation. I am your redemption. I am because I am. I am all things and you have nothing to do with it but believing. Believe and be saved. Believe and be saved from your sins. Repentance unto salvation. So close to the cross but so far from the blood are these works-based salvationists. Are these lordship salvationists. They're so close to the cross but so far from the blood. They are replacing the blood of Jesus Christ with religious works. Do you not see this? People who preach sanctification to earn salvation are replacing the blood of Christ with works. What should ye that I should do for you, Jesus says. What, you come to the cross and he says, what do you want? What do you want? I want to be saved. Believe. Believe. He says to Nicodemus, believe. He says to the people, believe. Jesus says, repent and believe. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. You'll be saved from the weight, from the condemnation, from the judgment of your sin. You'll be saved from the wrath of God. And But, but Lord, but, but what after that? Come follow me. Why? Because you'll want to. Not because you have to. If you love me. Works are not mandatory. They're encouraged, but it's not mandatory. If you don't want to follow Christ, it goes to say something else about your heart. It says something else about your heart, your relationship with God. Why would you not want to? Why would you not want to? If you, as J.C. Ryle says, if you have no conviction of sin, you have no Holy Spirit within. 
Because what does the Spirit of God do? He convicts the world of righteousness and of judgment and of sin. The Spirit of God convicts. The Spirit of God teaches. The Spirit of God teaches you how to pray and convicts you of all things. It teaches you the difference in the holy and the profane. The Spirit of God does the work. He's the one that holds. He's the one that finishes the work. We don't finish anything. We don't finish anything. Salvation is not uh, uh, salvation is not by works and sanctification sanctification is not a process sanctification is not in our hands sanctification is in the hands of Jesus Christ he is our finished sanctification we are sanctified we are sanctified in Jesus Christ it is not a process that we must maintain and achieve and keep and earn sanctification is full full sanctification at the cross at the moment of salvation that's what the word of god teaches but the workspace salvationist and the lordship salvationist teach you know that sanctification is in your hands you must keep it's a process of you We should be getting stirred up at this. We should be getting fired up. We should be getting zealous and fervent about this and start preaching the gospel to the lost because these workspace salvationists are lost. They don't understand the cross. They don't understand the blood. They do not understand grace. They do not understand faith. They do not understand Jesus Christ according to the word of God. They don't. It doesn't matter what arguments they use, how many loopholes they pull, how many words and phrases and, and arguments they have. It doesn't matter what they say. They don't understand if they're trying to help Christ save them. If you think you need to do something in addition to believing, you're lost. You've gone to a different hill, a different cross, a different crucified man. He may have the name of Jesus, but he's no Christ. He's no Christ. He cannot save you if he's telling you you got to do something in addition to believing. Many will come in my name saying, I am Christ. It will deceive many. Many false prophets will arise. John Piper is a false prophet preaching a false Christ because he says faith alone doesn't save. When the Jesus Christ of the Bible says faith alone saves because it's by grace. I do, you believe. I say, you believe. I hope you follow. I keep you follow. I sanctify, I redeem, I save, I forgive, I do it all, you believe. It's what it says. It's what it says. You cannot convince me that works-based salvationists and lordship salvationists understand grace. You can't convince me they understand faith. You can't convince me they understand the Jesus of the Bible. You can't convince me that they understand the gospel according to scripture. You cannot convince me. Jesus is the Christ, the mighty God manifested in the flesh, and he doesn't need your help. He doesn't need your help. False gods need your help because they're not gods. They are not gods. They're, they're masquerading puppets. They're pretenders. 
frauds, devils masquerading as Jesus, devils masquerading as the Holy Spirit, devils masquerading as God, saying that you have to help them save you. That you're, you can be as God, knowing the difference in good and evil. You can be as God, having righteousness and goodness in yourself, in addition to, equal to the goodness and righteousness of Jesus. And you can help him save you, because you're a God, because you have righteousness that is equal to the righteousness of Jesus. Blasphemy! so many so many false prophets out there so so many false teachers so many false hills so many fraudulent jesus's so many fake crosses out there fake crosses people are wearing them around their neck on their hats and shirts tattooing it on their body and they don't understand it if you were to drop a bible in their lap they have no idea what it means they, they cling to a cross, but don't understand what it is. They cling to a cross, but they don't cling to the blood. They wash the blood off the cross. They wash the blood off the cross because it's the blood of Jesus Christ that washes away all sin. Not the cross, not the wood, not the nails, the blood. Without the shedding of blood, without the death, it's the death and blood. It's the resurrection. The death and blood and resurrection. If Christ is not raised, we are still in our sins. The death and blood and resurrection. Stop adding to the story. Stop adding to the story. People say, well, how could you say it? You, have you been to Bible schools? Do you have degrees, diplomas? Who do you think you are? I know exactly who I am. I'm a nobody, but I have a Bible, and my Bible says it's not by works. I may, I may not have diplomas and doctorates and masters, but I have a Bible that says it's not of yourselves. I may not be a big name, world famous, but I have a Bible that says it's not by righteous works. I may not understand most things in this world. I'm, an, I'm, I'm a simple, ignorant, uneducated man, but I have a Bible that says it's not by law keeping, it's not by commandments, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. I don't understand physics and science and, and philosophies, but I have a bible that's given by a god that says it's of jesus christ i don't understand this world i don't understand most things but i understand and know that jesus christ is sufficient and it's in his hand and anyone who says otherwise is a liar and there's no truth in them they don't understand what they're saying because the bible says it is finished at the cross it is finished at jesus christ it's finished at his work he achieved it he atoned it it's in his hand and we need nothing more than jesus christ in his righteousness because i have none tell me i'm wrong A wretched, vile, wicked, sinful person that comes to the cross and sees Jesus Christ, sees their sin, and believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, is born again, saved, the moment they confess they believe. And their salvation is permanent, sealed, 
forever once saved always saved because that's what the scripture says and anyone who says otherwise is a liar and doesn't understand the scriptures tell me i'm wrong tell me i'm wrong with men it's impossible with men it's impossible we don't convict the word of god does i don't save the word of god does i don't keep the spirit of god does i have nothing to do with it the spirit of god does he is the one that baptizes with the holy ghost and with fire he is the one that forgives of all sin he is the one that convicts the hearts and minds of the people he is the one that drives the uh, draws the rich and the poor he's the one that calls all men to him to repent and believe he is the one that atoned for the sins of all the world he is the one that went to the cross not me he shed his blood not mine it's his work he said it is finished he did it all i have nothing to do with it i have nothing to bring to the table of my salvation other than the sin that made it necessary as the great preacher jonathan edwards says but these mock priests that dare stand up in in pulpits and tell people that faith is insufficient These false prophets that tell the multitudes and deceive and lie to them, telling them that that salvation by grace through faith isn't true. Telling them that you have to bring something to the table in addition to believing. These mock priests, mock preachers, false prophets, damnable heretics, deceiving people into hell, giving them a false sense of salvation, telling them that they're saved by their keeping of hands. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I hope and pray to God that there are pillars in the in the throne room of God that I can hide behind when these people come up and stand before the Lord on judgment day. I'm telling you, I don't want to be within a hundred miles of that of that judgment. They have scores of souls to answer for. For people that they have deceived and lied to by preaching false gospels, false Christs, I'm telling you that is going to be an absolutely terrifying moment. Because not only be terrifying for that preacher, but all the people that he has deceived, they're going to be staring at him and saying, what did you tell us? I thought you knew what you were talking about. You told me, you told me that I have to keep. You told me that belief isn't enough. You told me faith isn't enough. You told me grace alone, salvation is a lie. You told me that I have to achieve and do, that it's not enough to just believe. But Lord, Lord, have I not done? Have I not done? Have I not done? I don't know you. People wonder why I get so stirred up. People wonder why, why why I get stirred up. I get I get fervent and zealous. Why I may even shout and yell this gospel because it, because someone's got to yell it. Someone's got to get stirred up. And if this gospel doesn't get you stirred up, there's something wrong with you. 
If the truth of Christ doesn't stir you up and cause you to shout it from the rooftops, lift up your voice like a trumpet, if, it, the, if the gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't get you stirred up, if the doctrine of hell doesn't get you stirred up, if the cross, burial, resurrection doesn't get you stirred up, if hearing the lies of the false prophets doesn't get you stirred up, there's something wrong with you. Someone's got to yell it. Because there's so much yelling from pulpits today. A yelling of lies. Lies. Heresies. Blasphemies. False teachings. False Christ. False gospels. False crosses. Someone's got to shout it over them and tell the people, no, what they're telling you is a lie. They're lying to you. They're lying to you. But, but, but look at them. They have education. They have degrees. Look at their bookshelves. Look at what the books they've written. Look how many videos they've made. Look how many people follow them. Look how rich and famous they are. What has that got to do with anything? All that matters is the Bible. And the Bible says, For by grace are ye saved. Through faith. And not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. That's what it says. That's all that matters. Jesus Christ is the true God in eternal life. And he doesn't need your help. He just needs your belief. He needs your faith. In faith, this is substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is not works. Faith is not obedience. Faith is believing trust. Repentance is not works. Repentance is the heart state acknowledgement of the sin state. That you see and understand, I don't want that anymore. I want what he has to offer. Repent and believe. It's not of works. It's not of righteous works. It's not by works of the law. It's by the faith of Jesus Christ. I don't keep anything. Because I can't. I can't keep righteousness in my hands of my own of my own ability for one day. For one hour. For five minutes. That if it was left up to me, I'd be damning myself to hell in five minutes by my inability, by my weakness, by my sin, by my failing, by my apathy, by my disregard, by my temptations, by my lust, by my sin, by my inabilities. I damn myself to hell. That's why he holds me, because I can't. It's his salvation, not mine. It's his righteousness, not mine. It's his sanctification, not mine. It's his goodness, not mine. It's his cross, his blood, his burial, his resurrection. It's his work, his atonement. It is finished. He said it, not me. I don't declare when it is finished. He, because he's already said it. It's the fight is already over. This is the Holy Spirit of God that fights and holds and teaches and convicts. He's the one that does the work. I don't. Because I can't. It's all of him, none of me. It's all of him, none of me. 
It's his hill of Calvary, not mine. I bring nothing to the cross. I can't save myself. But these fools that dare water down the blood of Jesus Christ with works and righteous works, these fools and false prophets and mock priests that dare put themselves on the cross next to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, how's it going? I just need to help you finish the work. These fools that elevate themselves by saying that they have abilities and righteousness in themselves equal to Jesus Christ. Blasphemy. These fools that, that change the word of God and see that scripture is wrong, that it's not by grace alone, when it flat out says it. These Fools that add addi additional things that needed to be done to save you from hell. These fools that when they start spewing it from the pulpit, the devils rejoice because they've got more souls for hell. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me this isn't something that should be getting you stirred up. Tell me this isn't something that's worth getting angry over, a righteous anger. Tell me this is something that shouldn't be shouted from the rooftops. Tell me that these individuals should not be exposed. Tell me that they're, they're, they're brothers and sisters in Christ when they're preaching false gospels. You tell me they know what they're talking about. You tell me I'm wrong. The great falling away is here. We see it. The evidence is all around. People making Christianity about rules and laws and protocols and denominational distinctives and buildings and stained glass and robes and charities and do's and do-nots. They're missing the whole point. It's not about me and my ability, what I look like. It's not about my robes and my righteousness. It's not about my doing and not doing. It's about Jesus Christ and him crucified, buried and risen again. It's all about him and it's not about me. And if you're getting that wrong, if you get that twisted around, if you put sanctification for justification if you get staring at the waves you're not looking at christ you're gonna sink into heresy it's not about politics and governments and prime ministers and presidents and kings and emperors it's not it's not about societal issues it's about jesus christ it's about sin it's about salvation it's about heaven it's about hell we need to get our nose in the book and our eyes on Christ and stop looking at this world. And we need to start preaching righteousness because everything else is a distraction and a hindrance to get you away from what's truly important. It's not about notoriety. It's not about personal fame and fortune. It's not about big names. It's not about subscriber accounts. It's not about likes and dislikes. It's not about entertainment. It's not about, it's not about what the pagans are doing, but rather about where they're going. It's about hell, folks. It's about sin. It's about the cross. It's about the blood. It's about the suffering, the death, the resurrection. That's what it's about. And if you don't agree, you don't understand the gospel. Tell me I'm wrong. Jesus says, what would you that I should do for you? He heals, he saves, he teaches. He's the one that causes us to be in remembrance. He's the one that holds us. 
The Spirit of God seals our hearts until the day of redemption. The day we go to be with the Lord. He seals. Ephesians 4.30. He seals. I don't seal anything. It's not the seal of man. It's the seal of God. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that's our seal. It's the spirit of the living God that's our seal. It's his goodness, his righteousness that's our seal. He's the one that writes our name in the book. I don't write anything. But these works-based salvationists and lordship salvationists are saying, no, it's your hand, your ability, you're the seal. You seal your own salvation. Are you telling me this isn't something that you should be getting stirred up about? This isn't something that you should be shouting? We should be screaming it till our voice goes hoarse in, in the downtown circles. We should be going to every street, every corner, and telling the people, repent and believe in the gospel for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We should be going to every house, every person. We should be telling everyone, warning them, you cannot be good enough to get into heaven. Because none are good. There's none good but one that is God. There is no power but of God. There is no salvation but of Jesus Christ. And the Jesus Christ that is the Jesus Christ of the word of God. Not the Jesus Christ of denominational distinctives. Not what the, what the suited men in the pulpits say, but what the word of God flat out says. Not the opinions of men and the catechisms of men say, but the, what the word of God says. The cross of scripture, the blood of Jesus of scripture, the salvation of scripture, the grace that is according to scripture, faith that is according to scripture, sola scriptura to the nth degree. Not by any other name that is named, but by the name of Jesus Christ. Because at his name every knee will bow. They're not bowing to me. They're not bowing to any other man. Neither Pope, priest, or king. Not by any other thing. But by Jesus Christ and him crucified, buried, risen again. And the moment that we water that down or monkey with that and change that and modify that and alter that, we no longer understand Jesus of scripture. We've created a God of our own imagination. What should ye that I should do for you, Jesus says. He is the power. He's the one that delivers from the devils. He's the one that convicts of sin. He's the one that holds us. He's the one that heals. He's the one that answers prayer. I don't earn favor with God to earn brownie points so that he'll answer my prayers. I already have the favor of God because I have the Son of God. I don't have to earn anything. Salvation, Christianity is not a brownie point system. But these works-based salvationists, these lordship salvations, these mock priests, turn it into a brownie point favor system. That if, you've, if you've done enough of this good works, God will answer a prayer. If you've done enough of this good works, he'll let you into heaven. Lies, heresy, blasphemy because you just slandered the name of jesus christ and you made him incompetent it's no different no better than saying that like the catholics say that jesus needs his mommy because he can't do anything himself 
with men it's impossible with god all things are possible because he is god he is god and he doesn't need your help he is god he's god jesus is god and he doesn't need your help he doesn't need your good works your neighbor does god doesn't need your good works other christians do god doesn't need your works the world does because works are a form of witnessing to show the goodness of christ to reveal christ likeness to draw them in so they would ask you about the goodness within you so they ask about the hope that is within you so you could t teach them and show them works are meant for witnessing for comfort and encouraging not for salvation works are uh, works are not for justification works are for witnessing what, what, what would you that I should do for you, Jesus says. Well, what can you do? I can save you from hell. How? Believe. Nicodemus says, how? The jailer says, how? The rich man says, how? All others say, how? And Jesus says, look at the cross. Look what I have done. Look what I have done. But what about what I've done? Irrelevant. Because if works had anything to do with it whatsoever, then why is Jesus saying to the people in Matthew 7, I don't know you? If works have anything to do with your salvation, why does Jesus say, I don't know you? Why? But I've preached in your name. I've cast out devils in your name. I've prophesied in your name. I've done many wonderful works in thy name. I don't know you. Why? works are irrelevant works are irrelevant folks the pharisees have lied to you the pharisees have lied to you the catechisms commentaries and creeds have lied to you these workspace salvations lordship salvations have lied to you they have deceived you they've manipulated your mind they have twisted the words and made you believe lies and heresies Making you think that you got to do something to stay in favor. It's a lie. It's a lie. People say, you just, uh, you just don't understand. Well, I understand Jesus Christ doesn't need my help. He doesn't need my help. I am a sinful, wicked creature. I'm a sinner saved by grace. That's what I am. And I'm not dumb enough to deceive myself into thinking that I'm better than that. Even the Apostle Paul says in Romans 7, A wretched man that I am. He was a saved man, apostle of Jesus Christ, founder of churches, worker of miracles, evangelist of the gospel of Christ. A wretched man that I am. Because I understand how wretched I am, that I have no goodness. I can't do anything but believe. And that's all that he needs. Because Jesus knows our weaknesses. He knows our inability. He knows our sufferings. He knows our sorrows. And he's a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. He understands. He understands. He sees us as incompetent children. But yet, children of his. 
his children that he will never cast away. I will never let, let thee alone. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I am with you always, even into the end of this world. I am with you always. Even when you sin, I'm, I'm with you. I will convict you. I will teach you. I will show you. I will draw you to repentance like 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I will never cast thee away. What kind of father would do that? What kind of God would leave salvation in your hands that if you don't do it right good enough, he'll throw you back into into godlessness and hell he'll throw you back into the arms of satan what kind of god would do that not the god of the bible what kind of jesus would renege on his blood would pull his spirit out of you remove his blood atonement off of you would 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 would, would rip your name out of the lamb's book of life what kind of jesus would do that not the Jesus of the Bible. What kind of savior would say, it is finished on my part, but now you got to help me save you. What kind of Jesus would do that? Not the Jesus of the Bible. What kind of God would say that your relationship with me is determined on you maintaining brownie points? I will not answer your prayers unless you maintain brownie points. What kind of God says that? Not the God of the Bible. Are you, you dare contradict and go against all of the hundreds of years of tradition and, and teaching and counsels? Yes. You speak treason fluently. If you're contradicting the word of God, if you go against what this says, if you contradict what this says, even remotely, by one iota, you're wrong. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you are. I don't care how many collars you're wearing. I don't care how many years years you've been preaching. I don't care how, how long you say you've been a Christian. I don't care how many books you've written. I don't care how many councils you've, hold, you've held. I don't care how many people follow you. I don't care how famous your name is. If you contradict the gospel of Jesus Christ according to scripture, you're wrong. I don't want to know how many people are going to hell by the preaching of John Piper. I don't want to know how many people are going to hell by the preaching of Lordship Salvation. I don't want to know how many people are going to hell by these works-based salvationist preachers. I don't want to know. I don't think I could, I could, I don't think I could handle it. It is absolutely terrifying. People walking and singing and praising God and praising the name of Jesus, thinking they're saved, thinking they're saved, only to die and open their eyes in flame and torment. That is the most masterful deception the devil has ever done. That is, that is a worse sin 
than any other sin in this world. That is a worse sin, a worse crime to God than even what the Aztecs and the Canaanites did. That, that's worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. That is the worst, the, the most vile, disgusting, wretched deception the devil has ever done. is to give people a false sense of salvation in a false Christ. Because they think they're saved because they did something. Because they're keeping, they're maintaining, and, and they're, they're, they're praising Lord, Lord right now, but they're going to be screaming it later. People in this life thinking that they're going to heaven, thinking they're saved, they're saying they believe in Jesus, only to open their eyes in flame and torment because they're believing in a works-based system. You tell me that's not something you should be getting right furious about. That's that you tell me that's not something that should stir you up to get out there and start preaching the true gospel of the true Christ. You tell me that's not something that you should be getting worked up about. That's why, folks, that's why, that's why, that's why. I keep going over and over and over and over and over and over again and again and again and again and again. Who is Jesus? What is salvation by? Who is Jesus? What does grace mean? What does faith mean? What what is the God? What is the gospel according to Scripture? Going over it and over it and over it and over it and over it. Because it's the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that saves. If you don't know Jesus according to the Bible, if you don't understand grace and faith according to the Bible, you're not saved. You're not going to heaven. All of your works are as filthy rags. All of your righteousness is as filthy rags. God is not going to weigh your good against your bad. Because you have no good. You cannot be righteous. You cannot be holy. Because He is our holiness. He is our righteousness. He is our sanctification. You can't sanctify yourself. Because the moment you do something wrong, you've ruined it. It goes to show you can't do it. It goes to show you you can't maintain it. It goes to show you can't atone for anything. Because you can't keep the law. Because the law cannot be kept. But He keeps you. Because He is God. We need more men and women who will preach grace, who will preach faith, who will preach the Lord God Jesus Christ and nothing else. We're we're coming up. Our back is against the wall. We've come down to the wire. We're here, folks. We've arrived. We've arrived, we've arrived. We're in the great falling away. Look at the state of the churches. Look at it. How many churches are falling back into orthodoxy? This disgusting, wretched Phariseeism that focuses on on, on trying to earn favor by works and everything else. They're changing the order of sanctification for justification. This disgusting, filthy Phariseeism. 
How many churches are falling into that? How many Christians are being deceived by that? And if not that, then this new age, progressive, disgusting garbage. Where are the true born again Christians? They're hiding. Because we're surrounded by so much, by so many people that'll just jump down your throat, that go all over you, rip you to pieces because you disagree with them. That's a work of the devil to silence the believers. When the Lord says, lift up your voice like a trumpet, stir the people up, stir them up, stir them up. We need, we need conviction, folks. We oh, we desperately need revival. We need revival like there's no tomorrow because we may not get tomorrow. We need revival in the saints. We need the saints to stand up like the disciples did on, on that Pentecost morning. We need disciples to stand up and start telling the people and not care about the trolls, not care about the haters, not care about every, anything else, but preach Christ, preach Christ, him crucified, buried, risen again, preach Jesus Christ, his deity, his power, his magnificence, to preach the cross, the blood, the burial, the resurrection, and to preach grace. Preach grace and faith. And salvation by grace and faith alone. To confront the heretics and show them how they're wrong. To stand up for the Lord and preach Jesus. We need people to preach Jesus. And stop preaching yourself. Stop preaching self-righteousness. Self-conceitedness. Pride. Arrogance. We need people to preach Christ, not Phariseeism. Christ, not legalism. Christ, not law-keeping. Christ, not good-keeping. Christ, not abstaining and maintaining. Christ. It's Christ alone. By grace alone. Through faith alone. By belief alone. That's what Jesus taught. That's what the disciples taught. That's what the early church preached. That's what they went to the Colosseums preaching. They went to the death preaching that. They were tortured and beaten and slaughtered and abused and misused in ways you can't even imagine. But they preached it. They held it. And what are we doing with it? We're hiding it under a bushel under the bed. Because people care more about they care more about the people that are exposing the false prophets than they care about actual false prophets being exposed people scream up judge not judge not oh they're a good person look how much they love Jesus we can't judge their hearts we don't know we uh, we can judge doctrine I can tell you where a person is by how, how they profess Christ the moment someone denies the deity of Jesus Christ, not saved. The moment someone says it's, uh, that it's by works, not saved. The moment that someone says salvation can be lost, no, they believe in a works-based gospel. We judge by the gospel. We judge by doctrine. We judge by what the word of God says, not by how good they are or, or what else they affirm, but rather what they affirm about Jesus Christ for salvation. If they don't get these tenets right, they're not saved, no matter how good they are, no matter how nice they are, no matter what they say. If they get the, the principles of the gospel wrong, they're not Christians. They're not. The moment someone says that's, that faith alone does not save, they're preaching a gospel that is the enemy of God. And I don't want to be in their shoes. 
and you tell me I'm wrong. With men, it's impossible. It's impossible. I cannot be good enough. I cannot help Jesus save me. I have no righteousness. It's impossible. I cannot please God. With men, it's impossible. I cannot atone for my own sins. With men, it's impossible. I cannot, I cannot maintain to keep Jesus as Lord of my life. I can't. I've tried. You've tried. We've all tried. It can't be done. We sin constantly. We keep messing up. He is Lord. We don't make him Lord. He is Lord. I don't make Jesus and he, he just is because he's the I am. He is God. He is Lord. I believe. And he is God. I don't make him anything. He is God. He is my Savior. He is my Lord. He is my King. He is my salvation. But what do I keep doing? I keep straying. I keep wandering. I keep sinning. I keep messing up day after day after day after day but that's 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 why he gave us his promise of grace of forgiveness he is faithful and just to forgive constantly and he will never let us go no matter how often i sin and mess up i don't keep anything i don't maintain anything I don't do anything but believe. This is what the Lord says. This is what God says. God. God Almighty, Sovereign Lord, King, Creator of the universe. Who came down in the form of men. Named Jesus. He says, believe. And that is sufficient. I will do the rest. I will teach you how to pray. I will cause you to be in remembrance of everything. I will hold on to you and nothing can pluck you out of my hand. I will make you my sheep. I will write your name in my book. I will teach you all things. I will be your sanctification. I will be your wisdom. I will be your knowledge. I will be your redemption. I will do it all because I am the I am. I am God and there is none else. And that means you aren't either. I am your righteousness because you have none. I am your goodness because you have none. I do everything right because you can't. I atoned because you can't. I had to go to the cross for you because no other person could. My blood because nothing else is sufficient. 
I raised myself from the dead because nothing else could. I am the one that saves you because nothing else can. And the moment, the moment that you change that, the moment you modify that, the moment you add to that, the moment that you water down the, the sovereign all power of God unto salvation, the moment you water that down, you add to that monkey with that, the moment you do that, he ceases to be God. And you have elevated yourself as equal to God. And that is blasphemy, that is heresy, that's a false gospel. And people believing in that kind of a gospel are not saved. Those people are the ones that are screaming, Lord, Lord. I don't care what argument you use. I don't care what kind of language you use. I don't care what books you bring to the table. I don't care what arguments. I don't care what principles. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. The moment you bring works, righteous works, water, baptism, creeds, commentaries, councils, uh, uh, popes, priests, kings, fathers, whatever, I don't care. The moment you bring anything else, the moment you change or the word of God flat out says, the moment you modify this and alter the words, the moment you do anything, you've changed God. You've created an idol. You've created a false God. You've created a false Christ. And the apostle said, though we or an angel from heaven should preach any other gospel unto you, let them be accursed. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Show me book, chapter, verse. Show me. Without contradicting any other set point of scripture, you tell me I'm wrong. It is so, so direly important to get doctrine right. It is so important to get it specifically accurate. If they're not believing according to the word of God, then what God are they believing? Because it ain't from the Bible. Tell me. Which Jesus? Which God? Which gospel? Which hill? Point me! Point me to a hill! Which hill holds the true Christ? Which cross should I embrace? Which one? As there are many. The land is pockmarked with hills. Thousands of crosses. Thousands of Jesuses. Which one saves? Which one saves? Which one? The way is narrow, and few there be that find it. Broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many are deceived thereby. Many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, will deceive many. Many false prophets will arise. Satan can appear as an angel of light, and his ministers can appear as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. 
Examine yourselves to see if you're in the faith. Are you? How do you know? Because many of the day will cry, Lord, Lord, how do you know? How do you know? How do you know? What are you believing? What doctrines of the gospel are you holding to? Because there are so many, so many people out there that are deceived, that are being deceived, that are deceiving. The great falling away, many shall fall away. The great falling away, there should be a great falling away. Let me ask you a question and we'll end it here. I have a question for you. My younger brother, a while back, said something just so profound. We never really thought about it like this. It stuck with me. It really, it's just... What did you think the great falling away would look like? What did you think the great falling away would look like? Uh, and I would like to add to that. And what are you going to do about it? What's our job? What's our responsibility? What are the saints of God, the children of God, supposed to do when this happens? Hide? Keep to ourselves? Or get fired up. I don't know about you. But as for me and my house. We're going to get fired up. Give that some thought. Something different today. Just a word of warning. A word of warning. Be on your guard. Satan goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, and he takes the form of many. Not just as he doesn't, it, de the devils don't always come to you as devils of hell. They don't always come to you as roaring lions that you can hear a mile off. Sometimes they come as uh, looking like righteous servants of God. The devils will come wearing suits and ties. They'll come carrying briefcases and Bibles. They'll stand in pulpits. They'll sit in the pews. They'll shake your hand and smile to you and ask you how you're doing. They will call themselves fellow believers. The devils come in many forms, saying many things, doing many things. But how can you determine where truth is? What did you think the great falling away would look like? What are you going to do about it? So please give us some thought. So. We need to be on our guard. And we need to take the faith seriously. We need an avalanche of conviction and revival. But how can we do this? You can't be good enough. You can't maintain your sanctification. You can't earn God's favor. 
you already have it. So what are, what's left for you to do? What did Jesus say? What would ye that I should do for you? Lord, forgive my weak faith. Teach me how to walk. Teach me how to talk. Lord, would you use me? Would you show me what to say? Would you give me the places to say it? Would you open the doors? Lord, that you would fire me up. Lord, that you'd help me to take it seriously. I don't want fame. I don't want fortune. Lord, I do not want the praise of men. Lord, I just want your name magnified. Lord, would you help me show the people how to do it? Would you help me, Lord, to be an example? To be an example. To be an example of faith and fervency. We may say we have faith. Oh, you can say it. You could say it to the cows come home. Fervency is manifested faith. Taking it seriously. And it's not about works. It's about being fervent and zealous of the person of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Nothing else matters. For when you love Christ out of a full heart fervently, everything else will fall into place. Don't get the cart before the horse. Please think about that. Please think about that. So I wrap that up there. Just something I wanted to share with you. Just what really needed to get that off my chest. Get that out there. So please, please share this around. Would you do me a favor and share this around to as many people as you can. Get the word out there. Learn this yourself. Get out there. Tell them. Take it seriously. Show them how serious it is. For it is as serious as the flames of hell. That's where they're going, folks. And they need to be warned. Do you not care? Give that some thought. Get out there and tell them. Be a fervent, fervent disciple of Jesus Christ. He's asking you, what do you want me to do for you? What are you looking for? A cushy life? Quiet life? Be by yourself? Or do you want to get out there on the battlefield and start swinging? What do you care about? What should you? Give us some thought. Wrap that. Okay. So with that, folks, please give this some thought. Get busy. Get busy. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word and desire to take it seriously. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.